is Christy, and in a few moments you'll meet Karen, and we are the Modern Principal, two elementary principals on a quest to redefine the role of leadership in schools and use our voice to share the new generation of leaders in education. This week we are on part two of Reading Missteps, Implementation and Balance. This is in conjunction with our partnership with Just Right Readers. Thanks for joining us. to me hi hold on hey karen hey christy <laughs> how are you today I'm doing well we just got done with thanksgiving break oh yes my district canceled the monday and tuesday That's right. before so That's i am right. coming off a 10 day 10 days of no school don't i sound well rested you do sound <clears throat> well rested you look well rested thank you <laughs> my husband and i did a little date like date night oh yeah night. Yes, my brother and sister-in-law came I home. helped you plan it. It was really good. <laughs> I will say the highlight of my night was, so my brother and sister-in-law golf. Like real. Like golf. for real. And there's this game at Top Golf that you like make it like Angry Birds style. Yeah, just, we you told that us me. about it. Yeah. So I was wearing um, the outfit of the week that we storied last week, the fur vest. Oh, yeah, with the dress. And my block heels <laughs> to golf, right? And I don't golf. Like, I just, my husband just bought me clubs. And anyways, I kicked some serious booty. A asterisk asterisk. Yes. <laughs> and it was making my brother and Annie so annoyed because I'm there in this fur vest and I'm just getting beginner's luck out the wazoo. Just like cranking it like 200 yards. And I'm like, what is but happening? It's all your tennis. Did your tennis stroke like really help you with it's your it. golf? It did. Today, to that go. reminds me today we played tennis with my daughter. And so we would do like nice little volleys. And then whenever Merlo and I would get behind in the game, I would just pull up my backhand and just crunch it away against my husband. And he'd be like, We're playing with a five year old. Please stop. Please chill out a little bit. I can't. We went to my in laws and they have land and property. And so we were like in the side by side. And my stepdad in law takes us. <laughs> My kids. His name is Porky. Yeah, they're like listening. driving. He's letting the kids drive the side by side on their laps and everything. And he goes, "Hey, come over here. I want to go look at the pig guts that I, oh my God. That I threw out the other day to see if the crows and the coyotes got. I don't even know. So the whole time, my youngest is on her fake phone doing a quote unquote YouTube video, and so we drive by and she goes. <laughs> Everyone, OMG, did you see those pig guts? If you did, give me a like. No, she didn't. You can never get that girl a phone. She will actually make money doing it. Accidentally. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. She's my retirement plan as a. Her YouTube channel. Her YouTube channel. Um, that's really funny. It also, I think this is interesting because I was telling, I was talking to someone at work about. You, I don't know why you came up. I just, I guess I talk about you all the time. Good. Maybe my new Christy tattoo. They saw it. <laughs> Anyways, I was like, yeah, she was joking about how, you know, she was working, getting ready for work. And there's like a deer being processed on her. Mm -hmm. And people were like, Christy's husband shoots deer. Yeah. We and she allows him to clean it in her home. We literally, when we were very first married and living in an apartment, he processed an entire deer in our bathtub. Yep, this would be shocking. <laughs> this should be shocking to everyone. We, we don't make like sense. On, yeah, we don't make sense on paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we jump in to week two, I do want to talk about. 
our promotion with Just Right Radio. Yes. We've, it, it changed a little bit. Yes. We've already had several um, yes. members reach out and take this opportunity back to their schools, which is amazing. So to recap, Just Right Reader is a... Um, it's founded by this ex-principal. Yep. It's <laughs> ex-principal. Former principal. Some call them retired. <laughs> retired. And anyways, it really... Um, Christy and I really believe in what they stand for in terms of like how they introduce reading and work with reading. And there's two different routes, but we really um, like a lot. They have a lot of decodable readers. Yes. And they are organized by decodable skill. And they have an entire phonics continuum, and you can order by phonics continuum for your building. Yes. Um, you can and order individual books and yeah. or kits, and it's yeah. just wonderful. And if you put in the code MODERNPRINCIPLE at checkout, you will now receive 10% off. What? Which is so, really great, because yes. then you can buy, with 10% off, you could probably buy another kit. Like a whole other box, yeah, <laughs> yes. depending on what you're doing. Yeah, so please pop over to Just Right Reader, or you can always shoot us an email at hello at the Modern Principal if you want more information, and we yep. can help you out. Absolutely. Okay. So, this week, another month of reading. Get it. Get it. Get it. <laughs> oh, hit it. Oh. Do you ever wake up in the morning just singing TikTok songs? <laughs> yes. Today, mine was, don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. suspicious. He's like, wait, wait. He's like, were you watching TikTok? I was like, in my mind, in my sleep. <laughs> That's like TikTok from 18 months ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My mind takes journeys in my sleep time. Okay. So this week, we're continuing to talk about our reading missteps as leaders. Yes. Um, we love to highlight our problems that we have. So we're going to talk about all the times we tried to implement something and the pendulum swing a little bit too far in the wrong yes. direction. And so this week is really about like how you, how, putting the boots to the ground on a reading initiative. Um, and we've both done that and we've both made we both had issues. So, yes. let's go ahead. You want to jump into Scholar? You go. You go first. Should I just Christine? be reading our quote? No. <laughs> you guys, we really prepared for this. Ooh, we got some hearts. Thank you for all oh, six thanks. viewers on our live video watching us. I know. Home. We lost a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't watch this either. Okay. So, let's talk about, obviously, we talked last week about, you know, every good reading, like reading is really only, should only be taught. In one way, because that's how kids learn to read. Yes. Um, so it needs to include those five pillars. So when yes. we say a reading initiative, we don't mean like a new approach to reading. Right. We just mean when we are launching a focus, yep. maybe on one of those pillars. Yep. Or, and maybe you are making a big shift because maybe you haven't in your building or your focused district on. focused on what you need to focus on. Right. Um, so, and I think that when we talk about implementation, obviously pushback is always a big part of implementation. Mm -hmm. And I think particularly right now when we're talking about the science of reading, because so many schools have neglected phonics and phonemic awareness um, and some of those basic skills, yes, um, you get a lot of pushbacks from the older grades. Yes. Um, from the older grades. And I mean, even in, like we've talked about last week, middle school and high school, Right. Like, we still have kids who cannot read in middle school and high school. For and sure. so you still might have that pushback, though, of why would I be teaching this to 10 and 11 and 12-year-olds? Right. And um, the king we referenced last week, David Kilpatrick, <laughs> he does talk about that a lot in his research about phonemic awareness. Yeah. That absolutely, by the end of second grade, you should see, if you've been explicitly teaching it, mm -hmm. You should only be providing it for interventions on a small number of kids at the yeah. end of second grade. Yeah. But the problem is... is they haven't we, had it tier one. We haven't so. had it explicitly and rigorously at tier one. Yeah. 
And so then we see kids at the older grades who have not been taught it, who are really struggling specifically with like that multi-syllable. Yes. That's where we <sighs> saw it in my last building is we like our reading would look good. And then all of a sudden kids would kind of like max Next. out because they couldn't take those chunks and those parts of words and then right. didn't have the phonics to back it up. And right. so multisyllabic words were just impossible. And now they're stunted at like third and fourth grade level. Reading. Right. And this wasn't all of our kids by any means. Oh, no, 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 no. But it was more than... 10 to 15% of our kids. Yeah, it was more than what should be in your pyramid. Exactly. So, um, we also, like, I don't know, I'll start with, do you want me to start with the story? Yeah. Well. Story time. <laughs> so, a couple of years back, my building, my district, went really focused on, um, really focusing on the workshop model. Mm-hmm. Which I I firmly believe in. Yeah. They, they really have a strong. The workshop we, model emphasizes choice. Yeah. It we, emphasizes like really enjoying. We even deep dove a district that started pushing workshop into math. Oh, and, like I love their it. their district scores went insane. Like so, I don't want anybody to think that again. You have to watch that pendulum. Right. Just because phonics is important doesn't mean that comprehension also is not important. Exactly. <laughs> but that was the problem. So we focused so much in on um, readers and writers workshop and we focused on, we kind of started on the choice aspect of readers and writers workshop. So I saw two kind of problems unfold. The first problem was, is teachers got the implicit message that they don't explicitly teach reading anymore. Right. Um, because it's all choice. And so you go up to where a kid's reading and you don't ever actually like teach this is main idea. This is how you find it. Yep. So that obviously is not and how workshop goes, but that was the yep. unintended message that teachers heard. Yeah, and absolutely. We focused on the wrong part. The other thing is that we focused so much on comprehension that we neglected to review and emphasize and have a system and a continuum in place for phonics and phonemic awareness. So we still saw tons of gaps with our students that weren't picking it up um, just with workshop alone. Absolutely. That makes I mean, sense. I think that's, I think districts all over the country experience that. Right. And I definitely so, don't think that's isolated. <laughs> and it's, yeah. And there was some research. We talked about this on another pod by, um, who's the guy that we love and he came and talked to our grad class. Reeves, Doug Reeves. Yes. <laughs> I'm like an old lady. Anyways. Um, he talks about sometimes when you, when you explicitly focus on something, Teachers often hear no longer focus on this. Right. And so if you're focusing so much on readers workshop and how that structure works and getting kids to pick just right text and all of those things, now you have explicit, you've kind of unintentionally told them yes. you, you don't have to focus on phonics. Yep. Absolutely. So just be careful. Yes. A good learn from our mistakes. I think that's a, a good you need to systematically, that's like, that's part of your systems is to have kind of your year long or five year plan in terms of however you're doing it of professional development and how are you going to make sure that you're focusing on all the important pieces right? Um, and not letting anything fall off or give those implicit messages. Right. The other thing that I found that I needed to do better was internalizing the assessment plan or if you're in a smaller district, like our district's big enough that we get an assessment plan yep. provided to us. Yep. Um, and so... I don't know that I internalized it well enough. What do you mean internalized um, it? So we got a new one this year because we have new assessments that we're giving. And so I don't know that I looked at it and 
looked at every single grade level and piece of information that was going to be gleaned from the assessments and then how we would be using it. So a good example is like, for example, it was optional for our first graders um, to give a phonics screener to, the, to everyone. We had to give a spelling screener, but I found that the phonics screener gave so much good information. And especially when you're talking about first grade, because that's where every single kid is likely right. in a phonics continuum skill. Right. And so if I could have backtracked and like known the assessments better, got it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I should have practiced with kids before the school year started to Ooh, really, see, a really good idea. To see what um, information was going to be gleaned from them that we could actually use because I would have mandated in my building to do the phonics screener with all first grade and probably all second grade, because those are really the grades where most of your kids will likely fall into a phonics skill. Now I'm backtracking and now it's December yes. <laughs> and I haven't necessarily done yeah. the assessment that I wanted and we're getting late result. You know what I mean? So right. I wish I would have internalized that beforehand and practiced with it myself when leading the building. That's also a really hard thing because we're, we're in the place of like reviewing. It feels like in our building, K1 and 2, we're giving a lot of assessments yes. right now. Yes. And um, I think we're at a place too where we're, we have a couple teachers going to like letters training and things like that. And so when we know better, we start doing better and when we find better assessments. So it's just, it has to be part of your system that you're every quarter reviewing with teachers. What are we getting from these assessments? Yes. Are we over assessing? What is really driving our instruction? Uh, yes. I think that um, when I think about making sure that things are balanced, this uh, quote that we have about Louisa Motes is like mm-hmm. my favorite stat. We did a lot of work with this a couple years ago in my building um, about the different ways that kids learn, the different percentage of kids that learn to read from different interventions or whatever. I'm not saying that right. But anyways, normal achieving students um, and students at risk and even disabled readers all benefit from systematic explicit instruction. Yes. You will have 5% of your students. This is what I find interesting. You'll have 5% of your kids that will learn to read effortlessly. No matter what you do, they'll be fine. You have 30% of your students that will read with almost any method. Okay, so that's only 40% of your kids. So <laughs> then 40 for 40 to 50 will have to have systematic instruction in all five of the pillars to learn to read. And 10 to 15% of, of those will need specialized intervention and instruction. So that's saying that, like, that's just further cementing that reading is the most complicated thing that your teachers are being tasked to do. And if you are not spending professional development time every year touching in on strategies, you need to think about that. And evidence-based strategies. For sure. For sure. Another, I will say another balance mistake that we've made is um, the age old, um, do you focus on teaching a standard or a Mm. comprehension strategy? Mm -hmm. And we've gone round and around in my building with that too. I've, and I was in, oh gosh, I remember being in a district um, a while back and uh, I was a reading coach specialist type position and I remember that the curriculum was almost the exact same K-6 or yeah, because sixth grade was an elementary at that time uh-huh. at this particular place. And like, because it was all of just the reading strategies was all they did all year long was the focus of the curriculum. Now, obviously there's additional standards, but like the district provided curriculum just focused on comprehension strategies and there was no instruction or professional development on how to increase that rigor through the grades. 
Uh, and so it's like kindergartners are still working on predicting, and so are sixth graders. Not that that's not okay, but, but they don't talk about how that scaffolds. Mm-mm. There wasn't a lot about how that scaffolds. Yes. And yeah. so then you also have sixth graders now who aren't really necessarily learning about as in-depth of text-dependent questions and close reading. Absolutely. Because their teachers are really focused on those comprehension strategies. Right. And I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do your teachers do with strategies or standards? What do you guys do? We're standards. You are? We teach standards. I mean, we teach standards too. We, we've spent a lot of time. That's the hard part too, because it's almost like you have to focus your teacher's and your professional growth and your PLC time on some part of the five pillars. You will never be because able to. Because there's no, not enough time. There's not enough time. Mm-hmm. So we spent a couple years where we really talked about how to teach the strategies but embed the standards. And yeah. we wrote some really good units in all of our grade levels so that now we can focus back more deeply on the phonics and the strategies to teach that. Yeah, It's just, it takes time. This stuff does not happen quickly. Well, and you guys work actually with Ellen Keene, right? We do. We do. And we have found that, like, it does matter to create a love of reading for your kids. Choice. Of course. Integrating writing and reading has been a huge, huge, like, it's just been really important for kids to see how writing and reading are of the same (laughs) beast. Like, an author does something that a reader does and vice versa. And, like, it has to be part of that. My favorite quote is, read as a writer, write as a reader, think as both. I always had it posted in my classroom. (laughs) That's why it always blows my mind in middle school. This is why I'm not a middle school brain. When they separated reading and writing. I actually, when I was a teacher, we we had it separate, and I... um, not protested, but I asked if I could have a combined block of reading, writing, and teaching together. Because she went, and my principal let me. That's awesome, because you can't teach how to be a good writer unless you're reading really rich texts. Agree. 100% agree. Yeah. So, we kind of have reached the end of this point, I guess. (laughs) Or we've ran out of time. We ran out of time. Um, We can save some of the other stuff we're going to talk about with walkthroughs and stuff next week. Yeah, because next week is all about feedback. I will say, Christy told me what she did right before Thanksgiving, and it was literally the nicest boss thing ever. Tell. No, I'm not telling. I will toot your horn. (laughs) I do it every year. It doesn't seem that nice. I feel ashamed (laughs) that I never thought to do this. She literally writes a whole staff email and writes about every single staff member. Um, and I think what she's thankful for, like about them, it's the nicest thing ever. I do it every year. I'm really sorry to every teacher and team member (laughs) I've ever worked with. I am thankful for each of you. I swear. It's really sweet. You're a very thoughtful person, even though you act like you're not. Well, thank you. All right. Okay. From the desk of the modern principal. Oh my gosh. It's from Doug Rees. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it is. It is. Read it. You want me to read it? Yeah. Behavior precedes belief. That is, most people must engage in a behavior before they accept that it is beneficial. Then they see the results, and then they believe that it is the right thing to do. Implementation precedes buy-in. It does not follow it. From Doug Reeves. That is like a mic drop, because that's literally the opposite of what we've always been told in our leadership classes. I agree. I agree. And I and I think that this is coming up more and more in terms of teacher efficacy, and I've seen it when I work with teachers, and they will implement and try something and then it works, and then they get more and more psyched and more and more jazzed to keep doing it and keep learning. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive them as soon as they drop. You can follow us on Instagram at The Modern Principal and find more at themodernprincipal.com. Don't forget.